kids, welcome to the Weird Kid Homework Club. It's actually happening this week. When I started doing these, there was never the intention for them to be themed. But coming out of uh, Halloween, trying to figure out what I was going to recommend, I ended up landing on a theme and then I couldn't find a third movie, which is why we didn't get a Homework Club last fortnight. So this week you were getting my back of house mixtape. Starting off with another older movie, my first recommendation is 42nd Street from 1933. Out in Hollywood, the sensation of the moment is the picture called 42nd Street, into which Warner Brothers have put stars, girls, beauty, and talent in lavish quantities. 42nd Street is a story within a story, a show within a show, a backstage drama of kicking heels, smiling faces, and heavy hearts. It reveals the drama behind the production of a big Broadway musical, from the rehearsals to the grand finale. 200 beautiful girls were picked from more than 5,000 applicants for work in these amazing chorus ensembles. Luxurious settings, spectacular dance routines, set to the rhythm of inspiring music in scenes never before attempted on stage or screen. I think the thing that's so fascinating to me about about this movie is that it's a pre-code movie. Pre-code movies, despite mostly being black and white or early two-strip color, feel a lot more modern than movies that were made later after the code came into effect. If you don't know what I mean by pre-code, the short version is that with the invention of sync sound and the move from silent movies to talkies, there was a lot of won't somebody think of the children from conservative voices. Combined with a lot of off-screen scandals, it created pressure for the studios to conform to a set of rules about what could and couldn't be shown in movies. Films had to be moral. The bad guy had to lose. They couldn't talk about sex. Violence was mostly implied instead of shown. And that's why you get all those kind of weird, awkward scenes where when people kiss, they just press their mouths together in old movies. 42nd Street doesn't have any of that bullshit that makes movies from the 40s and 50s feel more artificial. The people feel vibrant and complex and real. They make bad choices. I often wonder about how progressive Hollywood would have been in the 40s and 50s if the code had never existed. But then again, did cinema need that repression to rebel against? Do we not get the independent movement of the 60s and 70s and the end of the studio system? I don't know. If you're more interested in what movies were like pre-code and post-code, there's a really good kind of explainer video on the YouTube channel Props to History that I'll link in the description. And then the second movie I'm going to recommend is Me and Orson Welles from 2008. John, this kid's gonna play Lucius. Lucius sings Brutus a lullaby right before the final battle. I'm singing on stage. Just think of this as an investment, Mom, in my future as some kind of artist. He is an arrogant... I am Orson Welles! And every single one of you stands here as an adjunct to my vision. You don't like the way I work here? There's the door. This stage is where history is being written. So tell me who you are. What are you offering? Wealth, travel, fame. I can take you to movies that have all that. The whole show is in shambles. The entire vessel is keeling over. There is water breaching the deck. Sabotage! This is the essential Orson Welles moment. Orson wants to stay with me tonight. I have to watch out for myself. Gotta be one of those magic nights tonight. Can you feel it? You've only known me for a week. You know, sometimes you remember a week for the rest of your life. Showtime.
You'll call my mother, you'll tell her that I'm an important part of the show, and that it's necessary that I miss some school. Of course. This is a Richard Linklater movie I don't think a lot of people saw. This movie is about the staging of Orson Welles' Julius Caesar for the Mercury Theatre before he came to Hollywood. Zac Efron plays a 17-year-old kid drawn into the chaos of Welles' circle of actors, lovers, and friends. I'm kind of obsessed with Welles' career before he came to Hollywood. It's the era where he was like the voice of the shadow and the War of the Worlds radio play came out. And he staged all kinds of interesting adaptations of plays, including this one. Christian McKay, who plays Welles, is incredible. He's big and charming and devilish without ever feeling like he's doing an impression of Orson Welles, which is really hard to do. For some reason, this movie completely failed to find US distribution and was dumped into like only four theaters in the US and then on home video in the rest of the world. Supporting cast is great too, with Claire Danes, Imogen Poots, and Eddie Marston as John Houseman. Wells is put upon producer. Richard Linklater is one of my favorite filmmakers. He's probably most well known for the before movies or Dazed and Confused, but his career is so varied. I love almost everything that he's made, from his Polish studio pictures like School of Rock and the Newton Boys, indie cinema like Everybody Wants Some, Dazed and Confused in Suburbia, and then he's experimental movies like Tape, Waking Life, Boyhood, A Scanner Darkly, and even his movie last year, Apollo 10 and a Half. And then my last recommendation is a movie from this year that also feels like it was massively underseen. I'm recommending Magic Mike's Last Dance from 2023. What did you want before Miami? I just wanted to escape my life. Do you like bartending? It's not really what I do. What is it that you really do? But then you came along and gave me this unexpected, magical moment that made me remember who I really was. Come with me to London. I'm gonna put on a show at this famous theater. People are numb, disconnected. We're gonna wake them up with a wave of passion they've never felt before. Hell yeah. Without further ado, I give you the visionary artist Magic Mind. So. The real question is why do you love her? No one's believed in me like your mom has. So what's this show about? It's the same old, will she marry for love or money? So what does she pick, love or money? The real question is, why does she feel like she has to choose? It sounds to me that she just needs to let go. And some good. Maybe that as well. So You're not shutting me down, not this time. You're so good at this. I'm not going to just let us give up on it. I want every woman that walks into this theater to feel that a woman can have whatever she wants, whenever she wants. Wait, I know you. You were a cop, right? Did you arrest her? What's your name? Kim. Let you off with a warning, right? Now, about now, you might be saying to yourself, 
Why you can, a straight, recommending a movie about male strippers? Well, A, I'm only mostly straight. B, the Magic Mike movies are a pure joyful expression of dance and cinema focused on female enjoyment all straights can learn from. And C, these movies are fucking hot. Magic Mike XXL is one of my favorite movies of the last 10 years. And to put it in a way that would no doubt upset Kira, not knowing how to dance is like not knowing how to make love. You should really learn or you'll be super lonely. One of the other things I love about the Magic Mike movies is that they're fairly episodic and don't have high stakes. They're really just about dropping in on Mike and whatever's going on in his life at the time. In this movie, we find him after the pandemic, where a chance encounter leads him to London, where he's put in charge of putting on a show. Summer Hayek co-stars, and her and Channing Tatum are fantastic together. They have real chemistry, and there's a bunch of scenes of them trying to figure out what the show is creatively that felt real to me as somebody who spent a lifetime arguing with other people about how to make shit up. For those of us that are already card-carrying members of the Magic Mike fan club and have been avoiding this one because somebody told you that it was disappointing compared to the rest of them, look, it doesn't reach the heady peaks of the convenience store scene in XXL, but as I wrote in my letterbox review, Magic Mike is like pizza. Even when it's just okay, it's still hot as fuck as soon as Pony hits. <laughs> And those are my recommendations for this week. Don't like, don't subscribe, and definitely don't come back next week for Freddy's Nightmares. No more Mr. Nice Guy.